0: he's not only had to bury his son, he has had to realize that one of his sons has married the daughter of another one of his sons who died, who herself has the inability to produce a child. So the man who dies before his time bequeaths to his daughter an ill to produce past her time. So not only does, does, does um, Heron not have a future, it ends with him because his daughter can't produce seed to propagate the family line. So they no longer fit within the context of what's working for everyone else. That's called profound grief, profound pain. And Tara understands based on the custom of the people he has been raised with that he is now as patriarch responsible for his grandson who has no father, His childless son who cannot have a father and a daughter-in-law who cannot give him a son. They are now under his care because the family unit has experienced a pain that breaks with the continuity of what's supposed to be. This isn't supposed to happen. Life is supposed to be continuous. Hardship, heartache, disappointment, setback is not supposed to happen. But in the story, this is the first time it happens and it is as earth-shaking in a family unit as the flood was 10 generations earlier. When you think about your life story, when you think about your journey, all of us have the ability to relate to Terah, to Lot, to Abram and Sarai. This isn't supposed to happen if everything was normal. And with that comes pain. And the pain and the grief cause us to feel like we need to do something to alleviate, to palliate to succor, to console ourselves so that we can hopefully move away from the pain towards the possibility of some pleasure. Though I don't know what that looks like because we are impotent and incapable of having a future And no matter what we do, we can't change that. So, But the best we can do in Tara's mind is move away from the environment and at least find some place where we can, at the best, cope and survive. Am I talking to anybody? How many of you have hands? If I'm talking to you, leave it up for just a minute. You've got to find yourself in the story because the story is about you. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the story about Jesus from generation to Genesis to Revelation. That's where faith comes. It doesn't come from you confessing something a thousand times. It comes from hearing the story. Trust what Paul says. It's the word about Christ. I'm talking to you about Christ here. This is an event. Preaching is a charisma. It's an event. It's an inbreaking. It's an invasion of Christ himself into our lives. He's encountering you in the preaching of the word. Listen for him as I'm talking. Because when he comes and you're hearing, faith comes. It's a gift. When he speaks, he inbirths persuasion. Expect him to talk to you even while I am talking because there's a voice in my voice as I'm being faithful to tell the story so that I'm not merely speaking the words of a man. I'm giving you the word of God existentially for this house at this season. There is a fresh inbirthing of faith coming to this house in the next six weeks and God is asking you, I don't want to know what you want for Christmas because I am not Father Christmas. I'm better than that. I want to know what you want for Advent because I want to break in, break through, and break beyond what is holding you back from believing that I'm as good as I say I am. If you believe that's possible. Give me a little Iowan Pentecostal shout. So what Terra does is he took his son Abram, his, his fatherless son, he takes his grand his grandfatherless nephew. And he takes his barren daughter-in-law and they go out together from Ur of the Chaldeans because in his mind, the grass is greener in Canaan. I've got to move the family away from the pain. We're having to cope with the fact as a family unit that this isn't working. And rather than live in the environment where we keep having to relive the pain, let's move away from the pain in hopes that there might be a promise of pleasure to succor our grief outside the context of where the story ended for us and took away our future. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terra didn't have the stuff to go all the way. Some people just don't have the ability to get past their past. They go a certain distance and die before they get to where they hoped to be. And we all know people like that, don't we? And yet, they at least got us a little bit further towards the goal. He died on the way. By the way, if you study the story from Genesis to Revelation, he's not the only one that dies on the way. This story is as repeated as the barren story. I'll just give you one. Rachel died on the way. That's why her tomb is halfway between the promise and where they were exiled. So that as they're leaving the promised land, they have to pass by Rachel's tomb because she died on the way there. And when they come back to the promised land, even though the city is burned with fire, they have to pass by her because she's still weeping for her children for they are no more. Y'all doing okay? He's here. He's here. His healing presence is here. His loving embrace is here. His overshadowing, impregnating glory is here. He loves you. There is favor on this house. There's favor on the man and woman of God over this house there's favor on the elders in this house and there's favor flowing from the headship all the way down this house is highly favored and it's advent season and the angels are singing a new song over this region and God is birthing persuasion in this people for something unexpected to overtake you in the next season and prepare you for a springtime of harvest in this season of expectation isn't it interesting that when a woman is pregnant we say she's expecting once again just a suggestion get a bumper sticker i got pregnant at the sunday morning service at heartland church and then put would you like to get pregnant too Terah died in Haran. The days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. He was 205 years old. He was 70 when he gave birth to Abram, which means that when he dies, Abram is 135 years old so he couldn't have a baby at 70 or 75 and at 135 things have not changed Tara dies on the way and all those years later nothing has changed have you ever gotten tired of hearing some charismaniac tell you delays are not denials. Come on, tell the truth. You lie, you fry. (laughs) We love these cliches because we think they are, now they may have in their original declaration have been wisdom, but we end up repeating them ad infinitum and they lose their ability to hold us with a convincing sense that it's going to change. And so Abram is now 135 years old. Things didn't change. Dad wanted him to get out of the pain and move somewhere else. Now, Tara, we have no record of Tara having an encounter with God. But at this most painful moment, when a childless father A childless nephew and a barren wife have nothing left of a joint family of three generations. The Lord calls by appearing to Abram and says, Go forth from your country, from your relatives. And from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now, if you were here last night and the night before, I gave you half the truth. I'm now about to confuse you. (laughs) Niels Bohr, how many have ever heard the name Niels Bohr in quantum science? Niels Bohr made a statement at the dawn of the 20th century when guys like he and Einstein and Max Planck and others were studying the quantum world and waves and particles said this the opposite of a truth is a falsehood we would all agree with that right he said however the opposite of a profound truth is an equally profound truth because all truth is held in the tension of seemingly opposite things And you have to be able to hold both in tension. And we talked about God makes, the psalmist refers back to Sarah and says that the Lord makes the barren woman to sit enthroned as a joyful mother of children. In other words, the barrenness and the enthronement as a fruitful woman coexist in her her entire journey. And it's a type of how you and I have to walk through things because in every season of our life, when God wants to do something, he confronts us in our barrenness. And it's from our barrenness that we give birth. God doesn't ask us to produce what we can. He asks us to believe that he can produce what we can't. So barrenness and birth have to be held together. God says, go forth from your country, your relatives, and your father's house. The big one is the country, the familiar things, the family, the father's house. All of that requires he leave everything. He's got to abandon everything. And so on the one hand, we can say, well, he takes lot. He takes all his family. He doesn't obey God. And there is a truth to that. However, there's another truth. He is part of a culture where he is now the patriarch. And joint families require an embracing of three generations. So when the patriarch dies, even though God says go, he has an allegiance to the family that is so deeply rooted that he feels responsible for all three generations. So on the one hand, we can say he doesn't have perfect faith. On the other hand, his integrity demands, I've got to bring them all with me because they won't be able to survive without me. And God sees both. And calls him the father of faith. Are you breathing? Say all truth is held in tension. And the opposite of a profound truth. Is an equally profound truth. Which is why you need to understand that the cross has two beams. One that goes north and south. And one that goes east and west. And when you are carrying it. You are stretched in every possible direction. To the point where you have to say. Where they meet. Not my will. But thine be done. That is the only cure. For heresy. Is allowing truth to be held in tension. Between. See, when you preach a one-beam cross, everything between heaven and earth, with no understanding of how that works out on the horizon, you end up preaching a hyper-grace message where God is good all the time and he's not severe. When you preach that God's severe all the time and you've got an angry God, you forget that he's good. But behold the goodness and severity of God. All truth is held in the tension of what we think are opposites but in fact are both equally profound and you have to live in the crosshairs where they meet, where you have to learn to say not my will but thy will be done. And so Abram hears this word go for. For, to the land that I will show you. Now that word, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be Blessed. So, when God says go forth, that word literally, lech lecha, means to go for yourself. And I've covered that ground already. He's got no one else to rely on but God. And God's saying, I need you to go for yourself. You've got to abandon and relinquish that anything that could have happened for you with all the others, you're now alone. Go for yourself. You can't depend on anybody else. You've got to go for yourself. I didn't agree with everything Robert Schuller said when he preached, but this one thing I think was a real witty little truth. If it's to be, it's up to me. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, Pray as if everything depends on God. Act as if everything depends on you. Because faith is a fact and faith is an act and the difference is in the doing. Whatever he says to you, do it. Mary said that. Wise woman. We never preach faith from Mary, but Mary's the key. Because she's the one that said, be it unto me according to your word. Go from your country. Lech lecha, From your country, your kindred, your father's house. Three concentric circles, the biggest of the smallest. All of which have an impact on his internal environment. Belief systems at a level of the culture. Belief systems at a level of familiar relationships, of family relationships, how we do things as a family. And belief systems at a level of, this is what we do in our house. He's got to abandon all of it because it hasn't worked for him, for his nephew, for his wife, nor did it work for his father. They all were negated and nothing they were told Works for them. So now he's left alone. Some of the greatest moments in your life. In relationship to the God who created you to belong. Because you have four basic human needs. The need for love. The need for belonging. The need for a sense of freedom. And the need to have fun, believe it or not. Belonging is a big deal. We don't like being alone. It's not good for man to be alone. God makes help meets that are suitable for us. But there's nothing suitable in Ur of the Chaldees. Abram, Sarai, and Lot are alone. That is a profoundly isolated place but beloved in your seasons of divine sanction where he allows you to be reduced to the irreducible minimum of alone it is not because he's mad at you it's because he's about to give you a gift you could not receive in a context where you were connected with everything that made you sterile What if God was about to gift this house with something that goes beyond where you've been? Lift both hands and say, Lord, if Mary 2,000 years ago said, be it unto me, we agree with Mary. Overshadow us by the glorious Holy Spirit, the Shekinah Himself, be it unto us according to your word. Can I keep going? So, Aloneness, Isaiah 50. One, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to Abram, Abraham, your father. Look to the quarry from which you were hewn and the pit from which you were dug. God dug you out of a pit. Pulled you out of a rock quarry and he had to use a jackhammer to get you loose from your past. How many of you got a story about your past? And he had to use a jackhammer to deliver you from the rocky embedded things that you could not change. Thank God for Jesus. And... Look to the rock from which you were hewn and the quarry from which you were excavated. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, your mother. you got to identify with this. Who gave birth to you in pain? When he was alone. One. And when he means the whole unit. When the family unit was alone. Cut off. I called him. I blessed him. I multiplied him. There's a call that leads to a blessing that leads to a multiplication. There's a call that leads to a blessing, that leads to a multiplication. And it's the call with the promise of a blessing that gets you to leave where you've been because he who promised is faithful. And when he calls, he births in you the persuasion that if he said it, he will do it. And if he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. He wants to bless me. Somebody give him a shout. Go from your country. Go for yourself. Take some initiative, man. Abram, shake yourself from the dust of the ground. Pull up your bootstraps. I'm taking you somewhere. And if you'll allow my in-birth persuasion, which is called faith, to wake you up. Your faith will take you where your reasoning has never been. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Touch somebody and say our faith is going to take us where our reasoning has never been. Somebody ought to get a little bit excited. I feel the anointing. I got that Italian from New York unction coming. I'm about to preach myself happy in just a moment. So I just need you to stay with me. Just keep hanging on to the Presbyterian you're looking at. Because he's about to become a flaming Pentecostal. I
1: feel the fire of God. This is an Advent season. Behold, he comes with the clouds. Every eye is going to see him. I see a harvest that you haven't even anticipated yet. I see a building that is overflowing with the river of of God, I see grace and glory, I see healing and deliverance, I see miracles,
0: signs, and wonders. Behold, He comes. There's an inbreaking, and He's birthing persuasion. Call faith in you in this advent season. Let your expectation rise.
1: So, Abram
0: went. This is not rocket science. God says, go. And those three words are the key to why he is called the father of faith in scripture. So, Abram went Lick, I'm about to break this down faith is willing to walk out
1: from what no longer serves the purpose of God touch somebody
0: and tell them heartland is about to walk out we're coming into a walkout season touch somebody else and say
1: it's a walkout season It's a walkout season. I, now I'm getting Italian Pentecostal uh, I might even get a little bit TG Jackson. touch somebody and say it's a walkout time. We're about to walk out We're about to walk out. We're about to walk out What are you getting ready to walk out of what are the things you're tired of what are the things that aren't working?
0: It's time to walk out. It's time to take the next easiest step. It's time to go to your way So Abram went so heartland went so you and I got a went it's been tired of being tired sick of being sick It's now time to walk out And when you walk out You don't know where you're going What do I do now Lord? Well, once you walk out, since I haven't shown you yet, but I will, walk on. Touch somebody and say, it's not enough to walk out. You got to walk on. Everybody stand to your feet for just a minute and be be crazy with me for a moment. I want you to just find a little space somewhere and say, I'm walking out and I'm walking on. 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 And you might
1: get a little tongue-talking Pentecostal while you're doing it because this is a prophetic act. This house is moving into something brand new. There's another. Dimension of faith. We're walking out. We're walking on. We're walking out. We're walking on
0: Sit down sit down sit down, sit down. That was just a little Holy Ghost gymnastics So
1: Abram went as the Lord had told him. What God has for me, it is for me. What God has for me, it is for me. I know without a doubt. He will work it out. What God has for me, it is for me. It is for me. It is for me. What God has for me, it is for me. I know without a doubt, He will work it out. God has for me, it is
0: for me. I got to walk out and I got to walk on. And whatever I am responsible for, that I've got to take with me. Everything else I abandon. But what has been entrusted into my hand, God's got that in his heart as well. It's never just about you. It's always about everyone you are responsible for. Put your hand out. And say, while I've got this, I'm putting it in his hand because he's letting me know, son, daughter, I've got this. God's got this. God's got this. He's promised me that if I leave, he'll show me. So when I walk out, even though I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to walk on. Well, what if you bump into the wrong thing? You just found out where you're not going. Make a left (laughs) by faith. Make a right by faith. But do something. Don't just stand there. Faith is not passive. I hit a roadblock. What's wrong with me? Nothing, you just found out where you are not going. Make a turn. What if I'm going in the wrong direction? Faith is the permission to make mistakes because you gotta trust that I'm the author and the perfecter. It's not your technique, it's my faithfulness. So whether you make a left or a right, I got this. But I'm supposed to be over there at a tree called the Oak of More. But I'm blocked. What are you going to do? What are your options? I could go this way. I could go this way. I could turn around and go. No, I can't do that. Well, what's gonna happen if you go this way? I'm gonna get to the edge. But well, then what? I ain't going that way. Okay, so what other options have? Well, there's still an edge I could walk on. Good, keep walking out. Now, what if I had taken this road? Okay, take that road. There's a lot of space over here, I'm wandering. Uh, but I'm supposed to be over there, but I don't know that yet. But what am I doing? I'm walking by faith, not by sight and I'm obeying him even though I don't know where I'm going so he's not looking for my being perfect he's looking to perfect me in my going he is perfecting me I don't have perfect faith I am being perfected in faith I'm walking out I'm walking out Lord, yes, son, I just hit another roadblock. No, it's just a music stand. (laughs) Lord, this roadblock, I, I don't know what to do about it. What are your choices? I could back up a step. Okay, and then what? Well, I can go that way. I can go that way. Okay, which way you want to go? Take your pick. I'm going to go this way. Okay, go. Son, yes, Lord, do you trust me? Absolutely. Keep going. Lord, yes, I've hit a wall. Really? Yeah. Did you know it was here? probably unless you read Greg Boyd and I don't know the future but I'm working on Greg these days and all his open theist friends who I love dearly but they just haven't figured it out yet that I'm bigger than they are what do I do now oh what are your options well I can't go that way. It's kind of go back in the direction where I came from. So that's not an option. Okay. So then what? Well, I can kind of retrace my steps because there's another wall over here. Okay. So what have you learned, son? I've learned it isn't over here. Good. You're learning well, but I, now do I have to go back to where I was? Yeah. But you're going back with insight that you didn't have before. So I've already enlarged you in your wandering. You know more now than you did when you left. You're doing well. This is not a mistake. There's no such thing as mistakes in the kingdom. There's just feedback. You're getting feedback about what works and what doesn't. So let's go retrace our steps. Okay, Lord, I'm back at that wall that I know as a music stand, but you're telling me it's a wall. Well, now what? Well, well, well Lord, I, I, uh, I suppose I can go to the left. So go there. What are you doing, son? I'm walking out and I'm walking on. Good. Where are you going? Well, um, there's a river here. Yeah, you know what river that is. Yeah, it's, it's the Euphrates. Yeah, and son, it's the river on the other side of the promised land in Babylon. And Babylon is going to be the place where they exalt reasoning. And while this river once flowed as one of the four heads of an unpolluted stream from Eden, it has now become corrupted reasoning. And it's the reason I need you to cross it and get past your reasoning and get into a place where there's something beyond reason. It's wet in here, Lord. Yeah. You're being baptized into a death to your past. Wade in the water.
1: Wait in the water. Children, Wade in the water. God's gone trouble.
0: over to where his daddy never got to. Before I go further, listen carefully to me. Some of your parents died never seeing their dream come to pass. And part of your destiny to make their faith complete is to go where they didn't get to go and in heaven God will credit them for what you do that they couldn't Lord daddy never got here I know son but he's included because you're here so just keep walking because you don't know where I'm taking. Oh, I'm in a mountain pass, Lord. Yeah, you know where you are? To the north is Mount Ebal. That mountain there is Mount Gerizim. Abraham, one day your descendants are going to stand in between these mountains. And Moses and the elders are going to be... On each of these mountains and they're going to pronounce the blessings and the cursings I just gave you in seed form when you walked out. So you're walking into the future, but you don't even know it yet. You are the prophetic promise that they're going to get to a place as a multitude of four million people (laughs) that are going to stand having to make a choice between do this and live or do this and die. And you are now the in between intercessor being given previews of coming attractions and your uh, great grandson, Joseph. Is going to be buried right over here. And a well is going to be dug (laughs) 700 feet deep. And one day your seed is going to say, I must needs go to Samaria. And he's going to sit on the well. Your son, your grandson Jacob is going to dig for your great-grandson Joseph. And he's going to sit on that well. The well is going to sit on the well. And a Samaritan woman is going to draw waters with joy from the wells of salvation. Just keep walking on, son. It gets better and better. Can I bring it on home? And he gets past Shechem, Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal, and he gets to the oak. I know it's a pine, but just use your sanctified imagination. It's the oak of Moreh. The oak of Moreh. Moreh means teacher. The Canaanites worshipped deities at certain trees in the promised land. Remember the Canaanites? Well, Abram is sojourning in a land where other people who are cursed because of Noah are have migrated and are occupying and filling with idolatry. And he is at one of those worship places where an oak where divine oracles are spoken, has been worshiped at. And there were altars all over the place because the tree would speak through the wind and they would divine what God, their gods were saying to them. And long before he gets close enough to realize, hey, this is a pagan worship center. What am I doing here? God gets between the pagan idolatry and the tree and the altars and stands there as his teacher. And it's says, the Lord appeared to Abram at the Oak of Morah. God takes a pagan, defiled, sacred site and chooses it to break in and reveal himself a little more. To the one who said I need another word from God how many of you need another word from God you never get a word apart from him showing up because if you want his word you got to get him every time he appears He speaks, which is why the preaching of the scriptures, the preaching of the gospel is an event. Peter says, let him who speaks, speak as it were the oracle of God. Who is the oracle of God? Christ. So in the preaching event, Christ is making himself known to you so that you can go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. He's appearing to you in the preaching of the word. And in a matter of interpretation, as you're listening, he's giving rays all across this room right now. He's here. Are you listening? How many of you are hearing or sensing nudges in your spirit right now? If you are, put your hands up. Put both hands up. And say, Lord, like Mary... Be it unto me according to your word. And it says, The Lord appeared to him. Watch this. And he says, To your descendants, I will give this land. He has just given him two more missing pieces. He's going to have descendants. And they're going to inherit the land. Walk out, walk on, walk out, walk on, walk out, walk on, walk out, walk on. But you don't know where you're going. Just because daddy was going to Canaan doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to be. Until you get to Canaan, walk out, walk on. One more walk in, walk in, walk in, where do you walk in? Where he reveals this is where you're landing. I've uprooted you to ground you here and I'm promising you your seed is going to inherit where your feet are standing. Everybody say walk out, walk on. Walk in. walk in. You are coming to a fresh season of an inbreaking and advent of Christ in the midst of this lampstand. And you are getting ready to walk into something ahead of the seed. That's coming from this house as your harvest. And they're going to benefit from an inheritance that you are anticipating before they arrive. If you believe that, get up here right now. Because there's an impartation about to be released. Lift your hands to heaven and just worship him. Come on, come on. It's a new season. Your adversity has been to enlarge your faith. Just begin to thank Him. Trust. Place your trust in the God who is the fullness of faith. He is going to bless you. You've walked out, you're walking on, and you are now coming into. In this Advent season a walking in just let him know that you will obey the obedience of faith I just see the Holy Spirit giving this house Super Holy Ghost B-12 Faith Injections. Oh, we bless. You know, John and Carol taught us, Lord, we bless what you're doing. Just take a moment and just renew that prayer that they taught us back in Toronto. Lord, we bless What your spirit is doing. We bless what your spirit is doing. We bless what you're doing. Oh, we magnify you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Oh, come let us. Adore Him. O oh, come, let us adore Him. O oh, come, let us adore Him. Cry. You're the choir singing all four harmonies. Come on. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, us adore him. Cry. saints the lord will give you all the glory will give you Let
0: to do something sister Olson, just come stand next to your husband family come on bring the whole family I want the whole family here somebody get your sis and bring her up here can we bring up sis come on I want the house to stand around this family I am persuaded you know Pastor David asked me twice before to get here and I could not my schedule would not permit and um, when I said I would make room this was the weekend that I came I didn't know what the Lord was going to share but I do know this I may not get everything right prophetically but I am very aware That you are in a unique season. And this family has laid their life down for the gospel. And everything about their story has brought you here. The way you respond to them is the way you respond to Jesus. And I know you love them. But I want to pray that as the blessing flows from the head down, that this would be a new season for the first family to walk into something fresh. Because when they walk in, you're walking in. I prophesied to your pastor last night because I really sense something is stirring in the spirit that is going to grip him. Does it mean he's going to preach like a crazy Italian? You don't want him to be me. you? You want him to be the him God's called him to be. And you want to trust the anointing and the grace and the stewardship of the mystery of Christ. This is an apostolic father. This is a man with apostolic wisdom. He can anticipate the future before it arrives and and actually the whole diaconate and the team, come and stand behind the first family. I want, you know, uh, just, just come and stand behind all the leadership team. Just come and get behind because you're part of the headship. And um, I am just persuaded that as we invoke the blessing, it's going to come down all the way on every family and every member of this house. And while they're laying hands, you lay hands on the people in front of you on their shoulders and make a connection because we're all related. We're all related. We're the family. We're the family of God. What an amazing gift you are to this region! You're a lighthouse. And the heart of God is in this place. You're a blessed people. Father, I pray for the first family, for the man and woman of God who rule together with grace and with dignity and integrity over this stewardship and sphere and measure of rule. Father as I lay hands on them I pray that your blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow will now flow afresh let there be a crowning of an anointing de Santo Alias bosicoria di copiously flowing from the heart of the Father through the Son by the Spirit, that this is a season marked for visitation, a fresh incursion of heavenly glory an angelic ministration supporting the saints as heirs of salvation. For there are things tied to airship that are about to be renewed and released and revived in this season. An inheritance is being given and multiplication is going to take place. And this, indeed, is the Lord's doing, and it will be marvelous in your eyes. Father, I invoke your blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow. I invoke it not only on the first family. I invoke it on the eldership and the diaconate and on every member of this house, from the head to the feet, that there might be a manifestation of all that you have spoken in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and all the people said, Give God one more shout. Thank you, Mark. Bless you. Just lift your hands. I want to bless you. We've got to get our kids out of the nursery, but I want to bless you here. Father, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. And now, Lord, what you've done, Lord, let it go to seed in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless each of these right now. Lord, I ask for an overflow of blessing in our lives, Lord. Lord, our households, our places of business, Lord, we thank you for the invasion that comes packaged in us. In Jesus' name, amen.